Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. Get some professional photos taken. This is going to help you present as more polished and more professional online, but I do think it's important to say that if you can't get professional photos taken, that I don't want you to think, well, that's it. I can't really be successful. I can't move forward with building my website. I can't have a social media presence. No one's going to hire me because I took this photo with my iPhone instead. That goes for everything I'm going to talk about in this episode. These are all great things to have, but I totally believe that you can be successful no matter what. I think a lot of these things are going to be helpful. They may help you achieve your goals a lot faster, but I never, ever want to put you in a position where you're thinking that's not attainable for me. Therefore, I can't have what I want. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist. Today, we're talking about how to hire for your private practice. Whether you're researching accountants, want somebody to help you with your marketing, or you're looking for a business coach, it's important to know who to hire and when. I'm going to walk you through the different types of professionals you might work with throughout your private practice journey, when to hire them, and how to work well with your team so you can actually get the most out of your investment. Let's get into it. So I want to begin by talking about why you need team in the first place. I'm going to be totally honest. When I first started my private practice, I really thought I was going to do everything myself. And at first I did try. I I didn't want to hire anybody. I wanted to do my own accounting. I wanted to, well, I didn't want to do my own marketing. I didn't want to do any marketing at all. But the little bit that I was willing to do, I wanted to do myself. I thought I was just going to be successful by spending as little money as possible and by doing the most that I could myself. And over time, I I found that that was really getting in my way. And I'm not here to tell you that you need to spend tons of money in your private practice in order to be successful. I don't actually think that's true. 
nor do I think just throwing money at the problem <laughs> is a solution. In fact, today I want to really walk you through how to think about who to hire in your private practice so you can make really wise choices on how to spend your money and where to put your time. I'm definitely not saying that you can't do certain things in your business. Like for instance, I know that there are a lot of therapists out there that are actually really good at bookkeeping and don't mind doing that work and they can do it really quickly. I, in fact, am not one of those therapists. I had one of my friends who is a professional accountant walk me through how to set up QuickBooks. And for the life of me, I could not figure out how to do it well. That could be a me thing. Maybe you're great at QuickBooks and it doesn't take you that much time. And I think we all have different strengths coming into this. Um, and you do get to lean on the things you're already really good at. Another thing that is totally allowable in this is thinking about what resources you have to leverage. You may be in a place in your business where you have a lot more time than you have money. Now, that can be a tricky place to be because we oftentimes are, we think we're in that position and we could be um, handicapping ourselves by not being willing to invest the money we do have in working with professionals who could actually help us move the ball forward. So be careful about that, be on the lookout, but certainly there are cases, there are instances when it's going to be the wise choice for you to use your own time. And uh, hopefully listening to this episode is going to help you determine when it's the time to take on the role yourself and when it's the time to actually hire that out. So I'm going to begin by talking first about different types of members on your team. People who are going to be in your business for a long time, they may be permanent or semi-permanent members or people who are coming in to help you with certain things in your business on a temporary or a project-based way. So I tend to think of, like I said, an accountant as being part of your permanent team. An assistant can be part of your permanent team. So can a financial advisor. Now, a financial advisor is usually uh, going to be helping you. It's more of like a personal a team member, they they help you with your overall financial life. But I do think this is a really important person to have on your team because your business and personal finances need to make sense together. And someone who's a financial advisor can give you sound advice on how to think about those things. And whether you have uh, a lot of money or you have almost no money, I think that working with a financial advisor early on is a really wise choice. I'm going to talk more about every single one of these roles as we go through the next several months. So I'm not going to go into great detail onto any one of them today, but know if you hear something that you're like, oh, I actually really want to know more about that, that there will be an episode coming in the future where we will dive deep into that. Another permanent member of your team could be a podcast editor or producer. If you decide that you want to create a podcast and once again, you don't have the skill set or the time to then that is definitely a role that you're going to want to hire out for because it is it does take such a high level of skill to do that and do that well. So if you don't have the time to invest in learning how to do that, then that is somebody that is going to become a part of your team. In terms of project-based hires, uh, some of the more common ones are a photographer. So when you're first getting started and you you know need some headshots for your website, you're going to hire a photographer. You're probably not going to have a photographer following you around constantly taking pictures of you, you're just going to hire them for that one shoot. So that's a project-based sort of hire. You might hire a website designer or a branding expert or someone who is going to help you with SEO or content marketing. That might be, uh, that is a role that I could see going either way. That might be a more permanent part of your team, or it could be more project-based. Let's say that you want to really improve the SEO on your website and you're going to hire someone who's going to come in and tell you what you need to do to do that, maybe help you with some of that process, do some of that work with you. 
that's not that may not be something that you're going to do forever. That might be project based. You may bring them back later to do some more work, but that is likely not going to be a constant business expense for you. So now that you know who is likely to be a more permanent member of your team versus a more temporary part of your team, I want to walk you through how to think about who to hire at which stage in your business. This is my personal opinion based on running my own experience and helping therapists all over the country hire out for different roles in their businesses. This is not a hard and fast rule. And I think if you were to speak to a lot of the different professionals that I'm going to mention, I could imagine every single one of them making a case for why they should be your first hire. And I do think there will there's merit to those arguments, but I'm just going to tell you what I've seen based on running my own business and what I've seen in other therapists and coaches businesses. So when you're just getting started for your business, like you're you're maybe just in the stage of literally setting it up, registering it, one of the first things that I would advise you to do is to get some professional photos taken. This is going to help you present as more polished and more professional online, but I do think it's important to say that if you can't get professional photos taken, that I don't want you to think, well, that's it. I can't really be successful. I can't move forward with building my website. I can't have a social media presence. No one's going to hire me because I took this photo with my iPhone instead. That goes for everything I'm going to talk about in this episode. These are all great things to have, but I totally believe that you can be successful no matter what. I think a lot of these things are going to be helpful. They may help you achieve your goals a lot faster, but I never, ever want to put you in a position where you're thinking that's not attainable for me. Therefore, I can't have what I want. That is simply not true. So take everything I'm saying here with a grain of salt. I I wish you well. I believe in you no matter what. And if you can hire a professional photographer to take some headshots for you, that is a really nice thing to get in the early stage of setting up your business. Another thing that I would advise is an accountant. And again, I'm biased. I'm not great at accounting. I don't want to do it. I have come a long way with math. You've heard me talk about it on this podcast. But when it comes to accounting and bookkeeping, man, that is just not my strong suit. So I hired an accountant and I specifically sought out someone who was well-versed when it comes to the therapy industry and knows how these businesses are run. That gave me so much peace of mind to know that when it came to the numbers of my business, that everything was handled, it was clear, it was above board. And I know a lot of us therapists uh, are worried about making mistakes in our businesses. We're worried that like, if I do one thing wrong, my license is going to get taken away or my business is going to shut down. And though that is really not how those things work generally, it was nice for the part of me that, you know, just didn't know how all of this stuff worked to know that I did have someone who was a professional whose job it was to keep up with tax law and and make sure that my business was functioning properly when it came to the financial aspects of it. That just gave me such peace of mind. And that's really the purpose of hiring in your business is that you bring in professionals who have certain skill sets and expertise in areas where you don't, and you can collaborate with them and trust them to really handle their role and responsibilities so that you can focus on the things in your business that only you can be doing and the things you should be doing. So that's the power of hiring someone into one of these roles is it actually frees you up to do the things in your business that you want to do and you need to do. Oftentimes, it opens up new possibilities that you simply wouldn't have been able to take action on if it weren't for having these other roles in your business handled. The next hire that I would make is a business coach. Now, 
depending on how you're working with a business coach, they can be super involved in your business, like your right-hand advisor going through all of your decision-making with you, actually helping you think through who else to hire and when, helping you manage team, get better at being a leader in all these different ways, organize your business, make decisions about pricing and policies. They can be super, super involved on that level. Or you might be working with them in a different sort of context, like maybe you're in a group program where you don't have as high touch with them, but they're still helping you through the curriculum they've created. You might be getting coaching in a group context. They're still involved in your business. They're still helping you think through these decisions, but that's usually a lower price point than one-on-one coaching. And you have the benefit of learning in a community. So in my case, if therapists are coming to me and are wanting business coaching and help in their businesses, and they want that really, really high touch, long-term support where I'm in there helping them with the decision-making process and just super involved, that would be one-on-one coaching. If people are wanting to work with me and they're really wanting that community aspect, they really want to be with other therapists who are on the same journey as them. They still want coaching from me, but they also want a kind of curriculum to move through because they know that that's going to be really helpful for them, then something like Liberated Business is better. All of this is to say that the reason why I'm recommending a business coach being one of your earlier hires is because they can really help you hold the big picture, hold the vision, be aware of your big goals, but then help you reconnect to what to do in the day-to-day so you can actually reach those goals. And everyone else that you're hiring is going to be focused on a more specific sort of aspect of your business, but your coach is really there to hold the whole thing with you. I talk about it as being sort of like having a co-founder because it and it being all the best parts of having a co-founder without all the worst parts of having a co-founder. Like for instance, you get to retain like full decision-making power in your business. Your coach cannot and should not override you in that, but they are there to be your sounding board. They are there to lend their expertise and help guide you through the infinite number of decisions that you're going to make over the course of running your business. Now, when it comes to the middle part of your business, when you've gotten things off the ground, you're not just starting out and you're wanting to build, then the next thing that I would look at is hiring an assistant. So your assistant is the person who's going to do things in your business, whether that's an administrative assistant who's doing more traditional private practice sort of work, like answering phone calls or setting up initial consultations or handling things like billing, or it's an assistant who's doing tasks like helping you with your marketing. Maybe they uh, are helping create graphics for your website or for your Instagram. Maybe they are helping write or edit content and scheduling that for you. Like I said earlier, having people in your business who are handling some of the tasks for you allows you to focus more on the things that only you can do, including money generating activity like actually seeing the clients. Your assistant can't do this. Your coach can't do this. Your financial advisor, accountant, none of them can do that for you. As a therapist in a traditional private practice model, this is how you make money. And so we don't want to have you doing too much of that. We don't want you to be burning yourself out seeing too many clients. But if you're splitting your time between seeing clients and trying to do your accounting and getting all your marketing done and making all of the decisions without having support around that, that's going to wear down your energy and take away from the time that you would be able to spend actually seeing clients. Another thing that really you're probably going to be doing the bulk of in your business is you're going to be having those intake calls and you're going to have to 
learn how to get good at sales. I have a, a whole podcast episode about this earlier that you can check out on how to have better intake calls. But that is something that you're going to have to learn how to do. And if you're not already comfortable with that process, you're going to need to devote some time to that. So it would be great to have an assistant in your business who is helping complete some marketing tasks so that you can have better intake calls, so that you can get better at sales, and so that you can have the time and energy to devote to actually seeing your therapy clients so you can bring in the money that you need to sustain yourself and your business. Your next set of hires will be happening when you're more in an advanced stage of your business. This is a period of time when you have clarified your niche, when you have a better handle on your messaging, when you have a sense of who you are. And these are all things that all the previous people that you've been working with can really help you with, especially your business coach and your assistant. Through working with them in particular, you're going to refine your messaging. You're going to get clearer on who you want to work with. You're going to probably be experimenting in the early stages of your business because if you're coming out of grad school or even if you've been a therapist for a while, but you're just starting your private practice or you're maybe just getting serious about refining your private practice, it's going to take some experimentation to really find out how to talk about what you do and who you want to work with. And so at the very beginning of building your business, it's not the best idea to actually hire someone to do a bunch of branding for you, in my opinion. There are certainly therapists out there that do this at the very beginning stage, but I think it's actually a better use of your money uh, and your time to experiment, try different things on, really work out the kinks, see if you want to stick with your niche after a few months, rather than spending all of this money and time on branding up front only to find out that that niche really didn't work for you. That is going to suck, and I don't want you to find yourself in that boat. That isn't to say that you shouldn't think about having a beautiful website really early on. That isn't to say that you shouldn't consider anything having to do with branding. But I would actually look for free or low-cost guides to branding and take advantage of those in the early stages of your business, and then bring in the branding experts and website designers and SEO experts once you've already done a bit more of that work. And again, having a business coach can really help you refine that process and get you there a little bit faster. And this is how I've done it in my business. I am at the point in my business now where my messaging is really clear. It didn't start out that way. And I really know who I'm speaking to. I have a clear personality. My brand has a clear personality. That's another thing to consider is Oftentimes when we're starting our businesses, there's not a lot of separation between us and our businesses. And we tend to create branding that we like, but it doesn't actually make sense for the clients we're wanting to call in. I'm thinking of a friend of mine who is a seasoned therapist, but is finally starting his own practice. And he was sending out a logo to all of us. And it was a little like dark and aggressive, but he was naming his business something having to do with compassion. And we just... He, he took it like a champ. We were like, dude, this is a little like ominous. What's going on here? And it's like for him, that symbol just made so much sense. Like it had to do with like this, these esoteric Buddhist principles. But it's like, is that really calling in the people who are looking for a soft place to land? And the answer was kind of like, no. So he had to go back and make some changes there. And so I think that's something that in the really early stages of our businesses, we tend to get confused. We tend to have a hard time. Uh, distinguishing between what makes sense for us, what we like, the aesthetics we like, the language we use, and what makes sense for our clients. And if you've had the time to kind of work out those kinks, 
when you go to hire that branding expert, that website designer, that SEO expert and content manager, you're going to be able to work with them so much more easily because you've already gotten clear on what your business needs and what your business needs to say and your own personal preferences. And those are going to have some similarities. I think it would be really odd if you created a business that like was totally different than you and your personality. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think it is helpful to get a little space. I think of business building often like being the relationship between a parent and a child. You know, if you um, if you are a pregnant person or you've been pregnant, that entity starts out as a part of your body. And then after birth, this entity becomes its own thing. It becomes its own person and it has a life of its own. But when they're really young, they're still so dependent. And that can be a strange transition for them going to being a part of you, literally, to being an actual human being person. And your business is kind of like that. It starts out as like this concept inside of you. This It's literally conceived inside of your own head and it doesn't exist yet. And then you go through this process of building it and growing it and putting it out into the world. And it takes some time for you to kind of find out what the personality of that business is. It's kind of like learning about your baby. It's like, oh, my baby is like this. Huh, interesting. That's not, that's not me. This baby is different than me. And as it grows, it gets more independent and can start to do more things for itself. It takes on a life of its own. And so in the early stages of your business, we don't want to necessarily slap a brand on that baby because we don't really know who the baby is yet. We want to give it time. We want to let it grow. We want to learn about its personality. And then we're like, oh, I see who you are. Okay, great. I think I'm understanding you more now. Let's like, I don't know, this metaphor is starting to fall apart. I'm like, let's get you a wardrobe. I'm like, for a baby? I don't know. Anyway, point being that when your business is a little bit more advanced, that's the time to start investing uh, a lot more money into things like branding, website design, and all of that. All right. So now we've talked about a bunch of the different people that you might hire throughout your career as a private practice business owner. We've talked about how to think about who to hire and when, depending on where you're at in your stage of business. And now I want to talk about how to actually work with these professionals that you've hired and help you help them. Because so often we therapists will hire people and then make it hard for them to do their jobs. And I know we don't mean to, but you know, we don't know what we don't know. We tend to be a bit perfectionistic. We sometimes can get really discouraged when we've paid someone to do something and then it ends up being different than what we would like. And we can be very quick to be like, oh, I should see I shouldn't have spent that money in the first place or things are taking too long. We're not getting the results in exactly the way we thought we would. So we can be a bit sensitive to this. And that's fair. I understand because we often come into this field pretty under-resourced. We might not have a lot of money. We do have a lot of student debt, so we can be very cautious about spending our money and then very quick to anger or discouragement when we don't get what we were hoping for. So I want to I want to help you through this process so that when you do hire people in your business, you have reasonable expectations and you have the tools and the skill set that you need to work well with these people. So let's talk about that a bit. When it comes to expectation setting, the first thing is we need to set your expectations appropriately. Each one of these professionals and the services they provide is only one part of making a successful business. If you hire someone to design a great website for you, but you don't have a great system 
for getting back to people that actually fill out that contact form on your website, then it won't matter how great that website is. Clients are going to fall through the cracks. They're not going to sign up with you and you're not going to get the return, the financial return on your investment. So that's a really important thing to remember. These professionals are not miracle workers. They have specific and limited roles in your business. And there will still be places that you have to step up and learn new skills and take new actions. You will still be uncomfortable in the process. Hiring these people is not going to remove that. So what they can do is help handle some of the tasks in your business so you don't have to. But when it comes to being visible online or having sensible processes and policies in your business, that stuff is going to be up to you to implement and take action on. So remember that when you're working with people, when you're hiring them, that they're not miracle workers. To that end, make sure you understand what is required of you and the person that you have hired. I'm going to talk about this a lot when we get to the episode about working with an assistant, but this comes into play with anyone that you're going to hire. Make sure you understand what they are going to do for you and what you need to do so that they can do their job effectively. Now, there will be some instances where you're told (laughs) what you're supposed to do, but you don't really understand what that means yet. And you're like, sure, yeah, I can do that. And then in the process of actually trying to do that thing, you find out it's not what you actually, it's not what you expected. It may be much harder than you anticipated. You may have to develop a new skill set in order to do it. So that happens sometimes you, and that's okay. You know, I think if you find that that's what's going on, it's great to let the service professional that you've hired know that that is in fact what's going on, because then it's going to be easier for them to help you and know that it's not just that you're not doing this thing. It's literally that you didn't know what you didn't know. And you're having a hard time with that. Let the person in into the process so that they're not stumped about what's going on. The other important piece about having clear expectations about what each of you are responsible for is that this will help you not bottleneck the process. In almost every one of these instances, your team member is going to need you to execute on certain tasks. And if you don't, that's going to impair their ability to do what you've hired them to do. So once again, if you're noticing that this is going on, name that with the person you're working with. Uh, This came up recently with my assistant where we were trying to get together social media content for this month. And she wrote me and was like, so what is our focus of this month? And I was like, yeah, I haven't quite decided that yet. So in order for her to be able to create content for this month, I need to get clear with myself around what our focus is going to be. Because right now I'm the bottleneck in this process. It's not her. I'm actually stopping us from being able to move forward. So there are things that I need to get straight and communicate with her. And once I did that, things flowed really easily. This is a great example of what I mean when I say that the people we hire aren't miracle workers. Like I still needed to make the plan for that month. That is not something that my assistant could do. Now, if I had an online business manager who was super involved in the strategy of my business, they could potentially do that or at least collaborate with me. But in the current form of my business, that's actually a role that I need to take. It wouldn't work if I said, just go make stuff for me and then was mad when she made content that I was like, well, that doesn't fit with what I wanted this month. It's like, okay, well, then what do you want? You have to be able to communicate that with your team. So hiring people on your team does not equate to you getting to basically opt out of anything having to do with these topics. If anything, 
you're going to have to get at least a little bit more involved so you can collaborate with people and help them do their jobs well. So if you're ever in doubt, don't be afraid to clarify, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? What are you supposed to be doing? And depending on the professional you're working with, you might have more or less control over this. For instance, you might hire someone who is an expert in a certain area and they may come to you and say, okay, these are the tasks that I do and you can hire me to do these tasks for this amount of money and that's this package. And so you're not going to have a lot of leeway to add things or change things because this is their service that they provide. There may be other professionals who have different types of packages and you have options, or you may actually be hiring someone where you've created a job description for a role that you need to fill in your business and you're going out into the world and looking for somebody to fill that role. These are some of the different ways of working with professionals that you're going to encounter out in the world when you're looking to hire different team members. Today, we covered a lot of ground, and I hope this episode has made hiring for your private practice feel less daunting and give you a way to think through who to hire and when. If you want to learn more about working with me, head to my website, thebadtherapist.coach. Thank you for tuning in today. Over the course of the next few months, we'll be exploring all things related to building your private practice, including bringing on experts in finance, website building, marketing, systems, and so much more. I am so proud to say that I've curated the most phenomenal team of people to come to talk to you, and I cannot wait for you to meet them. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Please leave a review and a five-star rating if you found this helpful. Thanks again so much, and I'll see you next time. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.